What? Start over. Let's do it again. You got this. Come on. It's been week one. Let's go. You got this. We're hot right now. Keep it going. Keep it rolling. Okay, I need to pause. Because I have Bear Tycoon telling me I'm the last one to spend my thing. Because he didn't give me an access right? It's stressful. It's an important pod, okay? It's the first show as we are the newly minted podcast of record. Tribe from the North Brave and Bull to the official unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. I am your host, Chris, and with me, as always, for week one football, we have TJ Hopkins. What's up, Vandals? And Brian Marcel. Hey, good to be back, guys. And today's episode is brought to you, oh, as always, by Montucky Cold Snacks. And you can find Tubbs at the Club on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and of course, Tubbs at the Club.com. And TJ, we're on our way to State College, baby. Woo! We got week one football as our Idaho Vandals take on the Penn State Nittany Lions. We'll get into that more a little later. Um, you know, we had a let's, let's kick it off just straight into it. This podcast is going to be, it's week one. We're back to weekly, so, you know, every Thursday you're going to start getting us. Um, some of you, welcome back. You might have seen that podcast yesterday, the BSPN first episode. Uh, so that's going to be happening every single week now in your, in your streams. So make sure you listen to it here. We know it's, it's where you're going to get it. Brian and I will be on it occasionally, possibly TJ, possibly Sean, possibly Martin, uh, and a bunch of other Big Sky guests. So hopefully you guys like it. Leave us any tips you have for that as well as our regular Tubbs of the Club podcast down below. But uh, it's time to just jump right in. There's only so much we can preview on Penn State that we'll probably do a little bit more of a deeper dive preview, but let's start it off. Around the bar, we are traveling to number 14, Penn State, of the Big Ten Conference in the FBS. Their mascot is the Nittany Lions. They are in State College, Pennsylvania, which is about halfway between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Uh, they play at Beaver Stadium, which is 106,552 uh, people that can, can sit there. But uh, that will be at 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain if you're in Boise, 12.30 Pacific if you're in Moscow and the state of Washington. Uh, and you can find it on the Big Ten Network, which as, uh, is kind of cool for the Vandals to be able to be on national television. We are also going, or the Nittany Lions are also coached by fifth-year head coach James Franklin, the man who turned Vanderbilt around. Uh, he's 45 and 21. Uh, the Versus Simulator, which is the people that host our official Tubs of the Club.com rating rankings for the year, has Idaho losing 48 to three. How do we see this game going? Does anybody want to take the lead on, I guess, what they want to see out of Penn State or? I don't know. Give me something. Yeah, yeah, not a problem. Um, so I guess my first question, or the first thing I want to see out of us, is um, the Vandals have a ton of new faces on defense, and partially because of the um, suspension of you know Christian Ellis, um, we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of guys play uh, on Saturday that we haven't seen before. Um, you know. A, the big name that I'm really interested to see is Noah Ellis. And that's Christian's uh, Christian Ellis's brother. In case people don't know, Noah Ellis was originally a signee of Mississippi State. That's an SEC school. 
he should be a monster big sky lineman. Um, and, you know, I, I guess I want to see him against, you know, his power five brethren. Um, I want to see how he looks against that kind of talent because he, you know, he's an example of a guy who I think we might be able to extrapolate a little of his performance. Um, you know, similar with like uh, Coyote Rafai, his linebacker transfer from Boise State. Uh, Boise State's pretty good uh, group of five school, of course, um, which is not necessarily the same caliber as Big Ten. Um, but a lot of our growth we're going to need to see this year is going to be on the defensive end. And um, I'm excited to see some of those guys against top-notch athletes. Um, but my big point for this game is big plays, um, both on the offense or defense. Uh, we've, we've played these games before. And we know what really hurts us is letting up these big plays. They are a Big Ten team, and they're extremely talented. They have athletes all over the field, but they are starting a new new quarterback as well. And we have an experienced defense where, you know, these guys have seen these games before. They've seen Florida. They've seen Florida State, you know, everything like that. And for me, the biggest thing is big plays on both ends. We can't let up big plays on defense. It hurt us last year when we played Fresno State. You know, it, it kind of put a, a down on the team when we let up all those points, and, and it was tough to defend against them. So on defense, we, you know, there will be big plays that happen against Penn State for our defense, but how they recover, you know, do we fight back? Do we just let up after that happens? That's a big sign for the year to come, especially as this opening season and then for, on the offensive side, we need to make some big plays. You know, this is an opportunity for every quarterback to see a snap. And, you know, hopes, hopes is that we eventually score a couple touchdowns, maybe one or two. You know, big plays happen that they're not expecting. And, and that's what I want on, out of the offensive side. But, you know, we know what we're going into. It's it's first Penn State. It's at home. It's the opening opening game. And they're ready to go. But we need to fight our own battles and get our own plays and, and, and win on that end. So big plays is, is the point for me. Yeah, and I'll take this one a little bit less game side and a little bit more front office athletic director uh, side. And I kind of touched on this for those of you that did listen to the BSPN podcast yesterday. But the fact of this matter is that we play these money games once or twice a year, it seems like, every single year for the last couple and that's just coming back again to the forefront in the fact that this year Penn State is paying us $1,450,000 to come to State College. That is $800,000 more than the next closest FCS team being Montana to go to Oregon. So this alone is part of our scheduling where when we made the transition to the FCS, we were granted a little bit of uh, help from the NCAA allowing future opponents to stay on our schedule to ease with our scheduling now that we had to probably move in more FCS and Division two, three, and NAIA schools onto our schedule. Teams were able to keep us on the schedule and it would be viewed in terms of their playoff selection as an FBS win. Now with that, obviously some schools like, uh, let's say for instance, a UNLV who doesn't have a realistic shot to make the playoffs every year, said, no, we'd rather not play Idaho 600000 700000 to come play us or do a home-and-home because home, that's not even realistic anymore with us in the FCS. So they dropped us. We rescheduled those with the likes of, like, an Eastern or Central Washington this year. But what this comes down to is Idaho's now been forced to play Wyoming and Penn State. Penn State playing us the one million, over $1 million to play them, which is one of the highest payouts in all of college football, let alone FBF, FCS. 
Uh, but then we also get to play Wyoming this year, who's paying us an additional 425000 uh, It ends up making us make over 800000 thousand, like $1.8 million this year, which is $800,000 to the next closest school, which is Idaho State. If you're interested in all this, I wrote, just published an article on uh, Tuesday on FCS Fans Nation about this. You can go read more about all that. But, yeah, pretty much this game is about us going in there, collecting a paycheck, staying as healthy as possible because we do have a tough game next week, which obviously we'll get into more next week in Central Washington. And then doesn't get any easier with Wyoming and then Eastern. So this is get in, get some experience, get some practice between your guys um, and see who can really stand out and maybe put a little bit more of an edge on the quarterback competition so we know who to maybe put in against Central Washington to make sure we get the win so that some other people can get um, some love, uh, yeah. and then just keep keep the team healthy yeah. and just collect that paycheck, baby, because we don't have a lot of these games left next year. I think we have Wazoo, and actually, surprisingly, I think maybe UNLV, uh, both of which are not going to be payouts like this. So enjoy one of the last big paydays we'll ever get, um, and then just try to ride it out healthy. Yeah, and and it'll be it'll be fun to watch, and I think uh, well, heck yeah, it will be. And I think what comes out of it is a, is a lot of confidence from this game. You know, if you make a big play, if you make a big tackle, you should be confident. You're playing against, the you know, one of the best teams in the country. And, you know, that would be a big thing as a Vandal coming out recently, dropping to the big sky. And, you know, knowing that you can make those plays against a Big Ten team would be huge. And I, I think that would be awesome. You know, as far as both offense and defense, the quarterbacks should all want to make a play against this team and try and show a point that they're not afraid, and, and that'll be a huge point to watch too. So Brian and I kind of talked about this in the production meeting. Um, we want to kind of preview the team a little bit more because though we did do a preview last week, which everybody should check out, but that was more going into the season as a whole. I kind of want to talk about this team as a team and maybe some players – Good. Brian and I did have the pleasure of being able to go to the Big Sky Media Day, and so we were able to talk to Petrino and Noah um, Johnson and some players about it, uh, about who are going to be some of the people, because there are going to be a lot of new faces. Um, and so Brian and I, and I know TJ, you have some guys that we think could make some noise that you guys are going to need to learn about, because they're going to be some of the guys making plays. They might be the next Christian Ellis's, the Shiloh Kaos, the Mikey Opatis, um, etc. So... I don't know, Brian. You have somebody dying to start with. If not, I do. But I'll let you take the lead. All right. Well, that that's easy. So I mean, you kind of already covered uh, Noah Ellis, and you also already covered a little bit of Coyote. Uh, I'm, I'll jump to his brother. I think Majib. He was a guy that a lot of people said was going to be uh, somebody to be surprised about. Obviously, I'm pretty sure part of the reason that we were able to get Coyote was the fact that we. Got Majib. For those of you that don't know, Coyote is the transfer from Boise State who did actually play on their team. Um, so he's not like uh, just some redshirt walk-on guy. He, he was a major contributor last year. Um, and his little brother, both of them are out of Portland, I believe Jesuit High School. Uh, and so that's it, it's really good for us to have these guys. And he should get in the mix. I believe he was just named to the two deeps. Uh, forgive myself. I'm mad at myself for not having Colton's two deeps uh, in front of me on this, but He's somebody that should see a little bit of playing time. And if not all season, this is one of those games where you're going to see him put in. Because he's a freshman, a true freshman, you can or I, you can put him in and see how he plays against top-flight talent like Penn State. Because you, we still have that four-game redshirt rule where you can play four games 
and then still get redshirted and come back the next year and play as a redshirt freshman. Uh, so I think that's a player that I, I think that people should take a look at. TJ, do you want to go next? Yeah, and I think this is a huge point for Vandal fans to focus on the guys that we have. I mean, it, it, we have a strong, strong defense this year, and, and, and we're kind of loaded on that end. I'm going to go with our defensive back, Lloyd Hightower, who's a senior this year, and um, he finished – last year in the top 10 with uh, FCS defensive pass breakups and he's just kind of a commander back then back there and uh, you know he, he tells where, tells people where to go you know he, he's very vocal and that's huge for the Vandals because they need somebody like that with Caden gone and um, I'd like to see him come out and just command the whole defense and, and make plays for, for them and, and get them hyped I think Hightower is a big big player uh, if I remember correctly I believe Lloyd Hightower was like top three or four or something. I believe it was Colton Clark wrote an article about it, or maybe it was Hero Sports, uh, in past breakups last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Um, so hopefully with our improved safeties, Lloyd being able to make some noise uh, will be helpful. Brian, who you who are some other players you're thinking about? Yeah, so there's a couple. Um, so just jumping back really quick, Majib is a redshirt freshman. That's true. I forgot. We got him from Portland State. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, so he's listed as our number two free safety uh, the number one free safety is uh, Devontae Ginwright, who's a transfer from Western Michigan, playing the Cotton Bowl last year. Um, you know, really for me, I, I want to see our new look secondary. And I mean, really, our whole defense is pretty dang close to new look. You know, at uh, media days, Lloyd Hightower said they're going to start around nine-ish new guys, um, which doesn't mean there won't be some people who played last year who get close to starters reps as well. Uh, but last year's defense was was pretty weak. Uh, that was one of our uh, one of our problems last year. And um, I don't know. Of course, no one knows yet if we're if our defense is going to be as good as we need it to be. Uh, but there's reason to be hopeful. Uh, you know, guys like Devonte Ginwright, who I just referenced, transfer from Western uh, Michigan. I want to see how he does. Um, I'm also curious about our other. Um, our other real big lineman, uh, Jonah Kim, who's a junior, he transferred from Santa Rosa Junior College. Um, him and Noah Ellis, um, they're both right around 350 pounds. Um, you know, we're going to have some pretty big, pretty big guys on the line as well. Um, so Penn State is not going to be the best place, you know, for them to show how good they can be. Uh, but I, I think it, if you know, if, as Vandal fans, if we can see that we have athletes who are competing and not getting, you know, annihilated like we did last year when we opened up against Fresno State. And, um, you know, Fresno State could have scored essentially as many points as they wanted. Uh, you know, it had a – their end was a basketball score last year. If we see that our guys are at least making life a little bit difficult for the Penn State guys, that's a win for me. Right, and I think it sets, it sets the tone for the whole season. I mean, last year we started out with Fresno State, which would have been FBS for us if we were, you know, in that division. And we got our asses kicked. And I think everyone felt it for the whole rest of the season. You know, the next game was UC Davis, and they took advantage of us right after the bat. And, you know, welcome to the big sky. Here's here's a real team right after Fresno State. But, you know, this will set the tone. If guys are trying hard through four quarters, you know, if you get your chance to go in as a backup or, you know, even third string quarterback is you gotta you gotta show out and I think that'll carry through the rest of the season that this team's not gonna give up, especially through these big sky games where you know it's day in and day out where we have to battle. 
just keep showing that we can play these teams, and especially against Penn State, that'll be huge for us. Yeah, and then I, I, it doesn't even stop there. That's the best part about this year's mm-hmm. team. And it's crazy how young it is. And two of the things you're going to notice right off the bat, especially probably the first snap uh, on Saturday, is going to be uh, 5A MVP of the season running back from Rocky Mountain High School, Nick Romano. Um, everything we heard from Petrino, both Noah Ellis, or sorry, Noah Johnson, and um, Lloyd Hightower, they both said he was one of the guys that they thought is seriously making some moves. I mean, we just lost Isaiah Saunders, so we have that hole at running back, and then the guy that we all thought would fill it in Tyrese Walker is gone. So we're totally, basically brand new at running back with Jack Famis not, um, you know, dealing with a little bit of injury and everything like that. Um, and Roshan Johnson coming off a little bit of an injury-ridden season. You have two guys right now uh, in Nick Romano and Keon Martinez out of Denver, Colorado's Regis Jesuit High School. They're going to get a lot of snaps against Penn State, and don't ex- don't be surprised if they're their one-two punch all season. Um, both of them are kind of speedier, quicker guys, both under six foot. But then you get Roshan Johnson at 6'1", 240 pounds. He's balled out in both spring games he's been in. So he's going to be a huge factor at running back as well. There's so much depth at running back. And the best part is it's running backs we haven't seen. We've had Duckworth and we've had Saunders and James Baker. And, you know, I guess that was a long time ago. But we've had all these running backs for the last couple of years. Um, and Tyrese Walker obviously came on the scene last year. But we're going to have almost three completely new faces this year. And... Roshan's only a redshirt sophomore. The other two are freshmen. So you're going to get three to four years out of these guys, which is, I mean, huge for Idaho. I'm excited just hearing that. No, yeah, those guys are going to be awesome. Even if they do it by committee, I mean, that's great to hear because they have fresh legs, different plays for all of them. And and that's kind of what the Vandals need, especially with their offense, is just, you know, dump a dish, just go up the field, and, and that'll be awesome to see. Well, yeah, we have a competition at running back mm-hmm. that, based off Colton Clark's reporting, um, and you guys referenced three of the big names. Um, another name is senior Dylan Thigpen, who just returned to practice not too long ago, which is why on the depth chart, I'm, I'm guessing that's why he's not listed on the depth chart. On the depth chart, there isn't a definitive starter listed at running back. It's just uh, Romano Martinez and Johnson are all listed as, you know, or. Uh, which it just fa- falls in line with what Colton said that, and what you guys said earlier. We have some talent at running back, uh, but that's a position battle that we'll get to watch but that is different from quarterback, where you don't have to be a definitive winner. It's the, it's about the number of snaps you get, the number of carries you get. Uh, and you know we, we've had some really strong skill position players, and you know if we can talk about our wide receivers too, where you know Jeff Cotton – and Cottrell Haywood are they're, they're no question receiver one, receiver two, and in the order of Cotton and Haywood. Uh, but there's also a battle for the number three spot between DJ Lee, who is not playing this week, um, and Jonte Boston. Um, so th- there are, though the game's going to be pretty ugly, there are some bright spots for us to look for, or there are some people to see who stands out um, out of a group of three or a group of five. And running back, wide receiver, the, those are two, two areas where I, I hope we do see a little differentiation. Um, in our first two weeks. Yeah, and then I just want to mention one guy because, you know, new cycles move quick, and I don't want him to get lost in the shuffle, and hopefully everybody will remember him by the time we're talking about week one next year. Uh, talking about wide receiver death, just the what could have been this year, um, Kevin McGuire uh, was a player that we heard a lot about from Petrino, 
Uh, arguably, maybe the fastest player Idaho has ever gotten. So sorry, Marcel Posey, but uh, a guy that everybody was so high on. Obviously, he suffered um, an injury over the summer, and we won't be seeing him at all this year. But he's a freshman. I'm not sure how this works out, if he can get a medical redshirt and then still be a true freshman next year. I mean, I don't think we'll ever need to redshirt him because he should be an immediate player right away. But another guy that's in right now that you probably won't see today or Saturday, but someone to keep an eye on and somebody just to give you a little bit of hope on how young and hungry this team is going forward. Um, and hopefully better teams are ahead. Let's just finish up Penn State real quick because um, I know everyone's just excited to get to the game. Uh, and we've had two podcasts on, so this might be a little bit of a quicker one. But I just want to get some score predictions real quick and any closing thoughts you might have on the game. And then, then we'll move on to all our other segments. So for, uh, for closing thoughts, <clears throat> I like the, the point that you left off where Petrino doesn't normally highlight guys. You know, everything's kind of neutral for, for everything he says. You know, the boys are playing good. We throw them out different plays, everything like that. So I think just facing Penn State, a team like this, will be huge for them to, you know, you, you can just kind of tell when you watch these games that, oh, this guy's confident. He's not afraid of anyone like that. And that's what we need going th- throughout the big sky. So I'm excited to see that. Um, like I said, no big plays on defense and big, big plays on offense, which leads to my score prediction, which I have three written down, actually. I'm going to go with the big one. I'm going to go Penn State wins 48-13, and I'll tell you why in my hot take later in the pod. All right, that works for me. Uh, Brian? So final score, I'm going to say Penn State – uh, 42 to 14 and closing thought I have, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to later on because it always circles back to quarterback as well. Um, I coach Petrino has said he is going to look at playing the two quarterbacks through the first three games, but also do that differently than last season. Um, in his interviews, both with Larry Weir, um, of the spokesman review and with Colton Clark, he said he's, it sounds like he's erring on the side of, giving extended time to each player um doesn't know don't know if that's going to mean like a quarter for each player and they rotate or at least multiple series for each player i do know that at the very least i and i feel that this didn't really happen enough last season i want both players to get extended time so we can at least see what they're like when they're comfortable um it, you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, it's not a secret um, who most of, most of us believe that uh, if Colton Richardson if Colton Richardson starts, our offense can be more dynamic. Um, but obviously, I want to I, I want either Mason or Colton to do well, and I think they both need extended time, both in against Penn State and in the next two against Central Washington and Wyoming. What, what, what was that over under, Brian? Vegas. I Brian. said forty two fourteen. Awesome, love it. Wow, that's uh, that would be you're taking the Vandals to cover there on the spread, the spread as we speak, um, and that you guys will learn all about tomorrow when the Big Sky Podcast Network's uh, little gambling pick'em piece uh, is forty points as we speak on Five Dimes AG for Idaho State as obvious or sorry Idaho. Wow, geez, slap it to me um, <laughs> as the dog, uh, and I think that if I was a betting man. And I touched spreads over a couple touchdowns. I would take Penn State with the this and probably the over for the over under. 
I just don't see Idaho putting it in the end zone. Minus maybe like they had against Fresno State, where it's just some freshman corner in the third quarter and Jeff Cotton beats him deep. And that point, hopefully Richardson's in. Um, maybe we get one. I do think we are able to get uh, with our defense. Maybe a turnover or two in field goal range. As Penn State's not really, you know, they're kind of out of it. I see a lot of Kate Coffee, a lot of punting, a lot of kicking. I'm going to see us put in nine points, but I honestly see us maybe losing 75-9. I think uh, we struggled with Fresno State last year. Penn State's a different beast altogether. It's a harder trip to make. Um, I don't see this good. And to be honest, the first three weeks are throwouts. We'll do our best on the podcast to keep everybody excited. Uh, hopefully we have a win next week to get everybody pumped. And who knows about Wyoming, but – they're kind of throwaway games, and our season really starts September 21st. Um, Good start to Kate Coffey's All-American run. Exactly. Yeah. He's already an All-American, mm-hmm. a repeat All-American repeat. run. But ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky cold snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic Big Sky country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky cold snacks donate 8% of all profits back to local causes. Even right here in Idaho, 8% of their profits are donated to local Idaho causes, supporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yee-haw. That's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American lager for pow-pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get your ass some snacks. Well, after that cooling Montucky cold snack, I think I could use some hot takes to get me fired back up for the rest of this podcast. Brian, you're the stats guy. You're the logic guy. I want to hear your logical, statistical corner stool take. About the game against Penn State? Yes. I think we should keep it Penn State. Okay. My hot take is we score all of our 14 points in the second half. And both those come through the air. Who's throwing them? Oh, good question. Um, I'm going to say Colton throws two touchdowns. I'll take that, and I will go off my hot take from that. And as the leading hot take giver from last year, I'm going to go with a guy that Chris has not talked about lately, although I know he wants to. I'm going to go with a 40-yard touchdown pass to... Cottrell Haywood, Cottrell Haywood, and it, it's it's combined forty. Who knows if it's a little dump pass from Mason? Who knows if it's long from Colton? But I'm gonna go to a four yard touchdown to Cottrell Hayward, and I'm gonna go from Colton Richardson. All right, I, I like those takes, guys. I like those takes. I'm gonna go. I mean, honestly, at this point, people aren't gonna be surprised by it. But I think every quarterback gets a rep. Ah, scratch that. Carter Freeze won't get a rep. But I am saying that even Nikhil Nair and Nate Cisco are going to get snaps in this game. I don't know if it's one. I don't know if they throw. I don't know if it's a fourth quarter kneel down to get out of there and take the check to the bank. But I think every single quarterback is going to take a snap that isn't a walk-on, a preferred walk-on, or has a serious shot of being a quarterback here for us in the future. Sub-hot take. That's hot. All four quarterbacks are going to snap. Sub-hot take. You're a sub-hot take. How many yards does Nikhil, Nikhil Nair throw for? Oh, I see. You wanted to. Okay, I got you. I got you. Nikhil Nair throws for eight yards, three for six for 12 yards. Hundo. No. They, 
we're going to keep the real quarterbacks in. There's no way he's giving the kill Nair enough time. Unless he hits one 99-yard bomb. He saw Florida last year. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that was the end of the year and nothing mattered. I don't think he's afraid. Uh, I'm not, uh, anyways, moving on to hashtag. I'm the biggest Nikhil Nair supporter, and I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> hashtag AskTATC. Well, this one's coming from back-to-back weeks, just because he's the only one that asked. Now that Brian Marceau is on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, hashtag AskTTC from Dallas Hammer at Hammer Dallas. How many Penn State players would have to be suspended, injured, disqualified, or otherwise removed from the game in order for Idaho to win? TJ, I want your hamster wheel spinning brain right now to answer this question. Holy smokes. I'm, I'm jaw-dropped at that question. That is it. That's a tough one to answer. Um, I believe Coach Franklin said it was the fastest team he has had ever. So I'm going to go with their whole offense because they're going to score. They're going to score a lot. And then maybe our only hope was to equal them in scoring. But uh, shit, 11? Brian, I might need more time to think about this too. What's What did you got one prep for uh, how many – Penn State players would not be allowed to play for us to have a shot? Yeah, I'm going to say 22. Um, and that's first-string offense, first-string defense. Uh, you know, my big concern with this team is whether we can put up enough points against good teams um, for to compete. You know, for us to be good, we're going to have to, at, at this point, it looks like we're going to have to ride the Montana State um, or Weber State, a little bit close to the Montana State model of – you know, scoring scoring enough points to, to give us a margin for error, but we're going to have to win games on the defensive end. We're going to have to get points in special teams, and we're going to have to force turnovers in a way we absolutely did not last year. So um, against a team like Penn State, for, for those things to happen, Idaho would need to be playing the guys who don't have as much experience, who are more likely to take an opponent likely, and I, I just don't believe um, that a lot of the upperclassmen guys who've been there, you know, who are hoping to compete for a Big Ten championship, I don't think those are the kind of guys who are going to face plant game one against an FCS team. But maybe some of the more, less experienced guys who aren't, who don't have as much, you know, snaps under the lights, uh, those would be the guys who we need to see. Uh, but, you know, circle back, the big deal is, um, you know, question for Idaho this season is going to be, Will our defense be enough to make up for our offense? I believe that's a question. Um, and against a team like Penn State, yeah, we would just need to be on the second stringers. Yeah, I I mean, what a week or what a difference a week makes. I never thought on this podcast ever, other than Martin, I would be the most optimistic or, I guess, uh, pessimistic person on the podcast. There's no way we're even beating their second stringers. I mean, their second stringers would beat up on Akron. And then Akron's in the FBS, and then, I mean, the way we played last year, I'm not sure we would beat a low, low-rung Akron. I honestly think you could take Penn State's walk-on team, and then that would be a competitive, competitive game. It's just different at that level of college football when you can get players that literally get preferred walk-ons that are turning down scholarships to schools like in Idaho or, hell, even in eastern Washington. Um, I mean, it, this isn't us playing Wyoming. Wyoming would be a different question. Penn State, I think you're coming down to walk-ons, and that's not a knock on anybody on this, this, uh, you know, team. It also comes down to the fact that then that depth's gone. The fact that they have that good of players on their third and fourth and five deeps, 
Uh, if you take some of those two rungs, two rungs, three rungs out, and you don't have quite that depth, and then we're a little bit deeper of a team because we have more of the consistent athlete, um, then I would take it. But, yeah, I mean, you need the whole starting defense, starting everything, maybe the kicker to pull, all kickers to pull a hamstring and have, I don't know, them fly out Troy Anderson, or I don't even know even if that would be good. Uh, I, there's no way Penn State we'd have to be playing preferred walk-on people, in my opinion, for us to have a competitive game. I do think Idaho would, might win that game, but like I said, it would be competitive. I'd, to be, I'd put that over under a three-and-a-half Idaho favorite against Penn State's walk-ons. Um, <laughs> moving on to the Big Sky Pick'em Challenge. So this is obviously we're not going to cover – Games that are in the FCS Fans Nation Pickup Challenge, which we'll follow, but we'll run through all the games in the Big Sky that aren't in them. So, starting with UC, number five, we're on UC Davis is traveling to Berkeley, California to face the Cal Bears. Uh, we'll just run through this every single time as TJ, Brian, and then I'll, I'll top us off. So, TJ, UC Davis or Cal? Uh, starting out, this will be my only upset. So, look out, other hot take, UC Davis over Cal. Brian? Yeah, I'm going to take Cal here, but UC Davis, I think, will make it a, a at least competitive game. Uh, UC Davis lost to Stanford by 20 last year. Cal lost to Stanford by 20 last year, uh, which, of course, doesn't mean they're equal, but it means in the one shared team that we have, they look pretty close to the same. Um, so, I'm going to pick Cal, but UC Davis makes it close. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm I'm taking Cal. I I don't see. I know they almost beat Stanford last year, but uh, once again, I think Cal's gonna be a little bit better this year, and uh, people aren't gonna sleep on UC Davis this year. I'll take the Cal. So actually, can I jump in real quick? Yeah, I should have specified. It's that UC Davis will be competitive with Cal. They're not gonna win, but like they might be within two scores. Yeah, we're picking winners. This. This is not the Big Sky Podcast Network. We're picking winners, losers, no spreads. Forgive me, man. Okay, no, I pick no, Cal, yeah, but UC good. Davis doesn't look ugly. Okay, but TJ's still sticking with the UC Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got number three, FCS, Eastern Washington, versus number 13, the Washington Huskies. People give us a lot of flack for playing a tough team. Washington's ranked higher than Penn State. Um, but anyways, moving on to picks on this one, TJ. I have a good hunch who you're picking. Who you, you hate both these teams. Shouts out to the pod father, Sean Kramer. I'm going to go with the purple team. Wow. Uh, Brian? Yeah, I'm going to pick University of Washington. Um, I, I don't think Eastern wholly embarrasses themselves, but they're going to do worse against Washington than Davis does against Cal. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take Jacob Eason's team as well. Uh, now we have number 16, Montana State. Traveling to Lubbock, Texas, the former home of Mike Leach and Texas Tech. TJ? TTU. Yeah, this could be one of the more ugly Big Sky games. Montana State's starting a redshirt freshman quarterback. Uh, Texas Tech, and they win by a ton. Yeah, I'm also going Texas Tech and a ton. Number eight, Weber State versus San Diego State of the FBS. TJ, who are you taking down in San Diego? SDSU. SDSU, Brian? It's not the South Dakota State. I'm going SDSU because Weber State doesn't put up enough points. Uh, same. Aztecs all day. They're a great Mountain West program. I expect them to be right back where they're supposed to be battling for Mountain West titles. 
We have Missouri State versus Northern Arizona. The Lumberjacks down in Flagstaff. TJ, who are you taking? I'm going with the Lumberjacks, NAU. NAU for TJ. Brian, who are you taking? I'm going to NAU. This is one of the only FCS versus FCS uh, games in the big sky. So, yeah, NAU rolls in their first game with new head coach Chris Ball. Uh, Case Cookies looks closer to his freshman self than his junior self. Yeah, I'm also going to round it out with a straight-across Lumberjacks win. Uh, it just comes down to the fact that I don't think Missouri State's that good. I can't believe Vegas has this as a pick at the time of recording. I would almost bet everything I had on NAU to pull this out. Um, but that being said, they would probably lose, and that's why I don't gamble. Portland State versus Arkansas. TJ. SEC, Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas. I am also going to go with Arkansas. I know they're at the bottom of the SEC, but uh, just say the last part of what I said there, SEC. Yeah, I'll take them any day against just about anyone except the Citadel versus Alabama. Uh, next we have... Southern Utah versus UNLV of the FBS in Vegas, baby. Who are you taking? Uh, running Rebels of UNLV. So the good news for Southern Utah, who started four quarterbacks last year, is they will likely not start four in the first game. Uh, <laughs> UNLV is a vulnerable um, FBS team relative to the teams we're all playing. Uh, but you, just Southern Utah is just not good. UNLV wins. Yeah, uh, the running Rebels are the basketball team, by the way, TJ, which in uh, that case I might take Southern Utah over them. But in this case, I'm Ronnie Jones, UNLV. I'm taking the Rebels. Um, I just don't see you, uh, Southern Utah making this even remotely competitive. Then we got the Bears from Greeley, Colorado, northern Colorado, uh, versus San Jose State, our former WAC opponents in, well, you guessed it, San Jose. TJ, who are you taking? Well, you know I love uh, mascots. I'm going with the Spartans, San Jose State. Yeah, San Jose State lost to NAU, I believe, last year in their in their opener. That was UTEP. Oh, sorry, UTEP. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Northern Colorado, they're, they're just too weak. Uh, they, they've got a strong uh, – Jacob Nips, their quarterback, if he's healthy, he's good in the big sky, but they don't have anyone else. Uh, so San Jose State. Yeah, I think San Jose State is going to have a bit of a bounce-back year this year. That being said, even with it not being a bounce-back year, I don't think Northern Colorado would even have what it takes to play them on their worst of years. At least this Northern Colorado team, I'm taking the Spartans as well. Then we have Southern Oregon. They are not D1, and they are traveling to Sac State in Sacramento. The only first team to not be playing any D1, and that's the last one we're picking. TJ, who are you picking? I love the scheduling, Sac State. Brian? So last time these teams played, it was actually a seven-point game. Um, Sac State won. Uh, I'm going to go with Sac State. I think Troy Taylor is going to – he's got some players like quarterback Kevin Thompson who will be healthy uh, returning. Um, I think it's the – this is the t- one week of the year for Sac State to feel like something's happening. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there. Southern Oregon's not a bad program by any means, but that being said – I just don't think that they're going to be able to beat Sac State. But to be fair, I would say this is one of those uh, D2, D3, NAIA watch-out games because they could – if they come to play, Sac State might be in trouble. The problem is I don't think they're going to have to worry about it. Now this brings us in to the competition held from our friends at FCS Fans Nation, their FCS Fans Nation pick Challenge. For those of you that are already signed up and registered, uh, hopefully you put some picks in. 
in week zero because uh, there was double weeks point with only two games. So every game is worth three. Um, and so we have some standings to read out for you guys. As the, If the field stays like it is, we might do this every week. Um, but your standings read as follows. Number one, T.J. Hopkins. Number two, m- tied for second, I should say, is Mitch Hopkins. I wonder if there's any relation there. Uh, and number also Jamie Hill, one of our newer listeners, or at least newer, I don't know. She's at least interacted a bit more with us on Twitter. She could be a long-time listener, first-time, long-time. Uh, then you got rounding out the bottom at number four, Chris Hammond was zero. But there are people tied for sixth place. Did you know that? I, I saw the roster. Yeah, yeah that's I true. You read, you read the outline. <laughs> uh, Brian Marceau and Martin Heemstra are not registered yet for the FCS Fans Nation Pick'em Challenge. And we have a new um, signee who actually hit us up yesterday, Connor Lindstrom. So we have somebody else going in. To be fair to everybody, just so you know, podcasters are not eligible to win the prize. And some of you ears just perked up because you heard prize. Yes. There is a prize for this, the top-placing Vandal. So if we did not read your name, reach out to me at Chris underscore P underscore Hammond on Twitter or at Tubbs at the Club on Twitter and make sure we start adding you to this list. Um, But, yeah, we'll follow every week. But we have right now only three Vandals right now competing for the prize of a tub full of tub tokens. Once again, a tub full is very uh, loose in what a tub full is going to mean. But you will get at least more than two tub tokens. Um, so make sure you sign up, and you can play for free. You don't have to buy in. Obviously, we prefer you buy in because it goes to a great cause. The FCS Fans Nation is running. 50% of the profits go to the winner of the whole banana, and 50% goes to a charity of their choice, and it's looking like Helensky's Hope. So, you know, for us here in the Palouse, that's kind of a big deal as he was a former quarterback over at Washington State. Go Cougs. But, but we, yeah, we'll give a go, go Cougs to Helensky. Uh, week one, though, here are the matchups, and we're going to pick them here, and hopefully everybody at home, this gets you excited and you sign up. TJ, as the leader of the pack right now, the lead dog with six points, went two for O oh on double pick week or double points week. Uh, you get to start it off. Southern Illinois, and then we'll go me and then Brian in order that we're placed. So Southern Illinois travels to southeast Missouri. Who are you taking? Uh, I hope you guys can hear my smile as I make these picks above Chris Hammond. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that no one can come back. I think that Brian will put his picks in first week, and he's right there in the running too. But just week zero. I get know. it. I have zero points. Thank you. Appreciate you. Um, Southern Illinois versus Southeast Missouri. I'm going to go with the Salukis, best ma- mascot in FCS. I'm going to take SEMO on this one, Southeast Missouri. I'm going to go with Southeast Missouri and a quick shout out to Jamie Hill, friend of the podcast, the pride of the Kenworthy Theater nice. in downtown Moscow, Idaho. She's a longtime listener, longer time friend of mine. Expect her to rise in the challenge. Uh, well, she's already in second place. She's just got to catch TJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana State versus Kansas of the FBS. I'm going to go with Kansas. I'm also going with Kansas. I know they lost to Nichols last year, but. Uh, they didn't have less miles back then. I'm taking Kansas. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kansas. Indiana State, they, they may threaten to make the playoffs this year, uh, the FCS playoffs, but um, I, I just don't see a team like Kansas who has uh, you know, a, a 
top-tier coach like Les Miles um, really struggling with an FCS school. Next we have the number four James Madison Dukes versus West Virginia of the FBS. I know they have a four next to their name because we're using the computer versus computer simulator rankings, but in most polls, they're considered like a number one, two, or three team. So um, they're a very big contender to win the whole banana this year. Is that enough to beat West Virginia, the Big 12, TJ? Sorry, Lawrence. We're going out of Virginia, and we're going to West Virginia. I'm going to go with West Virginia Mountaineers. I am also going to follow you up with that. I'm taking the Mountaineers. Seconded. All right. Uh, moving on to a Big Sky versus Missouri Valley challenge game. We have Montana traveling to South Dakota, not South Dakota State, the Coyotes of South Dakota. TJ? Yeah, this game might get me. Um, I got excited and submitted my picks already, and I recently saw a post today that South Dakota hasn't lost a home opener in several years, so that'll make it interesting, but I'm going to go with the Grizz still away. Uh, I'm also taking the Grizz. Uh, they've proven they can beat us, and they can beat Idaho State in domes as much as they want. Although I do know the last time they were in a Dakota in a dome, it didn't go so well for them. But I think that this is a different year. Uh, I'm taking Montana. I, I honestly don't understand how they're a dog in this matchup. So I'm going to go with Montana as well, uh, but for the big sky world, this is really a must win for Montana. Uh, the Grizzlies have maybe the toughest schedule in the entire big sky. If not the toughest, they're in the top three. They need to give themselves some slack for because they play so many of last year's playoff teams. Um, I'm going to say Montana picks up one of the f- few Big Sky wins in the in the Big Sky Missouri Valley uh, Challenge when they travel to South Dakota. So yeah, Montana. Yeah, I think that's such a big point too. I mean, this kind of you know shows the rest of the FCS that we're out here. You know, the Big Sky is a real conference, and that's that's a huge game right off the bat. And if we beat them at home. It, we're not messing around in the big sky. We're, we're here to get those six spots as Chris wanted, and uh, that'd be a good start to it. Uh, next, we have number 11,000, who is quarterbacked by Joe Flacco's brother, versus the Citadel, the team that really gave Alabama a run for the money for uh, 30 minutes last year. TJ, who are you taking? Yeah, if you pick up on my three random teams that I'm cheering for this year, I'm going with Townsend. Uh, I am also taking Towson. I'm taking a principled stance and picking Towson because I morally oppose the triple option. <laughs> Thank you. I know people want to bring it to Idaho, so I'm with you on that. Uh, here's an interesting one. Non-scholarship Pioneer League side San Diego versus our big sky comrades, Cal Poly. Another triple option team for Brian. We went back-to-back triple option. It's kind of like when you're trying to defend the triple option. DJ? Who are you taking? For some re- weird, weird reason, I'm going with San Diego. That weird reason is they're usually they're right outside the top 25 ranking. They're a really good team, and they usually beat Big Sky teams in the playoffs. I'm also going with San Diego. Yeah, I'm going with San Diego. Uh, the Toreros made the playoffs last year. Cal Poly's replacing their all-time leading rusher, uh, Joe Prothrow. And uh, though Cal Poly led the FCS in time of possession last year, uh, until they show they can replace an all-time great for them, uh, don't pick them. All right. So, so far we only have one disagreeing, and that's the first match. Let's see if that continues as these last two should be a little bit more spread out. Mercer versus West Carolina. TJ. 
I'm going with Mercer. I'm going to go with West Carolina. I'm just a freaking prophet. <laughs> Brian? Well, you stole my track, Chris. Um, so I will ride TJ's coattails and go Mercer. You should. That's the leader right there. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the big one, the important one, the one that this week is the only one worth three points. The FCS Fans Nation game of the week is a top 25 matchup of number 24, Elon, from the CAA, one of the big three, versus number 18, NCANT, out of one of uh, pretty much, I believe they were HBCU national champion last year. Um, who are you guys taking? Yeah, NCANT is going to come out firing. Yeah, this one's easy. NCANT is. I'm go- going Elon. Oh my! Whoa! Rise from the ashes. As I'm coming out with my pick. Love rising it. Rising from the ashes. All right. Well, it's going to take a real rise from the ashes because they don't have a coach. Their coach has left. They coached James Madison after Mike Houston left for East Carolina. With that being said, NCANT returns a lot, um, and I, I, there may literally rumors floating all around right now that they're looking to be the first HBCU to make the jump to the FBS. That's a mouthful. So I'm going to take NCANT. They're just on a different level right now. And the CAA, yeah, they struggled in the playoffs last year. Yeah, I'm going to go with um, NCANT. Yeah, Elon looked pretty bad against Wofford in the playoffs last year, scored three points. Uh, they're one of the they, – they made it in the playoffs with a 6-4 and four record, finished 6-5, and five, um, and they have a new coach. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think Elon's worth picking at this point. All right, so don't forget to submit your picks to the F- FCS Fans Nation. Wow, TJ with the plug. If you guys need a link to anything, we can send that to you. Um, let us know on Twitter or anything like that, and we will put you in there. You're also in the running for winning of a tub full of tub tokens. So now to TJ's wing corner, as we have Brian Marceau on the pod. I would like to know, Brian, where your favorite wing spot is. Hometown or Moscow, what would you go with? We already know this. Or we could do both. It's salt and vinegar from Winco, right? So, yeah, that was my question. Do we want to go the Winco power rankings, or, or do you want me to go Moscow or Coeur d'Alene? Did you, let's go Coeur d'Alene. What's your favorite wing spot in Coeur d'Alene? That means we're doing the Winco power rankings. So, um, I don't think <laughs> Coeur d'Alene's a resort town. Everything's expensive. There's no reason to buy wings in Coeur d'Alene. It used to be Collected Kitchen downtown on Sherman and fifth, uh, but the Collective Kitchen no longer offers wings. So go to Winco, and the top option at Winco is a salt and vinegar, provided they've been under the heat lamp for at least three hours. Five to six-ish is a little bit better. Um, If you're not going to get the salt and vinegar ones, um, I I think the uh, lemon herb is a good option, although you you want it to be a little bit less heavily seasoned on the lemon lemon herb than you do the salt and vinegar. Uh, and number three, I'm going to go with the sweet chili. See, that's pretty great. You just gave us a whole Winco rundown, and we are looking for a second ad read during episodes. Maybe we need to hit up Winco. We yeah. got we got Brian's Winco wing stop. Shouts out to <laughs> in, De- in TJ's wing corner. Shouts out <laughs> to De- De- Debbie Hopkins, works at Winco. She can put on. There you go. Mm-hmm. You're closing your segment? Closing the segment. All right. TJ's in the corner. This is all TJ this Thank year because I don't understand it. 
Um, before we go straight into closing the bar, I kind of came up, since we only had one hashtag STATC, and TJ kind of hit on it twice there because I know he loves Southern Illinois, and he said he's rooting for Towson. As we've covered multiple times on this podcast, Brian has multiple rooting interests. I kind of like what you brought up. We got a little extra time. We went pretty quick here. We'll still make it under an hour. Um, what are your guys' like three teams you tend to root for? It can be just this year, or you tend to root for in the FCS? Because um, I've noticed we do kind of have some little like favorites that we all kind of root for, even though you know they're not the University of Idaho. Um, TJ, just because I know how much you love this, you have I can name your three teams for <laughs> you. Um, how about you start? Yeah, minor, minor interesting choice. Um, I go off a lot of excitement with the teams, mascot, and location of campus. So uh, top three, I'll just list them off. Um, Jacksonville State Gamecocks, always following those guys. Um, if anybody wants to send me a Gamecocks hat or shirt, I would wear it with pride. As soon as we go live on this podcast video, you would see it, Vandal hat, possibly. Uh, second of all, I'm going to go with the Southern Illinois Salukis. Great conference, great team, great mascot. You can't go wrong. And number three? Final, I'm going to go shout, shout out to Lauren Smith. I'm going to go with JMU. And wow. Yeah, that's that's my, my, my good team. Brian, I know you have some childhood rooting interests. I don't know if those are still your top three, um, or I guess uh, even with that, there's still one open. Who are your kind of three teams you like to pull for? So, of course, this is when these teams are not playing Idaho. Oh, yeah. If they were playing Idaho, we would 100% root for Idaho. Yes. This is just three teams that now that we're more involved yeah. in the FCS, we, we kind of yeah. like. Just enunciating that because these, uh, these are Idaho rivals. Um, one, one and two are interchangeable. It's University of Montana and Eastern Washington. Uh, I grew up in a University of Montana household, went to a ton of Grizzly football and basketball games. Um, the enthusiasm was always more at University of Montana than Eastern Washington because uh, in Cheney, it's relatively recent that they've had the football success and recent meaning like the last decade, not like 20 years ago. Um, so to me, those are the teams, number one and two. And out of those two, I root for whoever's going to be better out of those two because if Idaho's not going to make the playoffs, I want one of those teams to make a run in the playoffs. So last year, I would root for Eastern had they played. This year, it's unclear. Number three. Um, I'm going to exit the FCS and say Washington State. Uh, one, I'm a Pac-12 homer if we're talking about FBS. But two, I love that I love the Pac-12 after dark. Uh, it's the night game that's fun, that's worth paying attention to. And since most of our games are during the day, you know, if I'm going to turn on a game later at night, I like that I might see Washington State and that that's the team I get a root for. Um, you know, Mike Leach is. It's been fun that he's been there. It's probably best for WSU that it took him a while to really get the program running because that meant he was likely going to stay the way he has. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, Montana, Eastern, interchangeably, then Washington State, number three. I'm going to challenge you to see if there's a third one because we're all – I don't know if now we need to describe this on the podcast. We're all closet wazoo people. Uh, all my family's wazoo are Idaho. TJ's family has a box at wazoo. Um, do you have a third FCS team where you, you could say oh, yes. Wazoo? Yeah. Okay. A non WSU team. Um, yeah. you know, I'd probably say Montana state, you know, I, I definitely root for Montana over Montana state and I'd root for Eastern over Montana state. But you know, if I'm going to sit and watch a game, let's say I'm, you know, it's a night and I'm, I have Pluto on for some reason, Montana state is probably the single team I would most want to see out of the rest of the big sky. Um, I don't necessarily care 
about the rest of the FCS because I, I think of them as the teams we need to beat in the playoffs. Possibly. And also the Montana schools and the Big Sky, that's where the center of the media world is. Uh, so it's easier to learn their players' names and to have a, you know, have like, let's say, a face of the program than yeah. it is for any of the other teams. And, and Bozeman's got that Moscow feel. Like where you go in there and you're oh, like. No, it's way, it's got <laughs> old Boise feel. Yeah. But um, I'll roll into mine. Uh, so my, my number one is I like Jackson, the, the Dolphins team. I think that place is. That's a sweet freaking school. Um, number two, uh, oh god, how does it skip my mind here? Um, oh no, oh duh, James Madison, big JMU fan. I kind of, I closet. I don't know. I, I don't let Lawrence know it, but uh, I, I just like. I've always liked purple and gold as a color scheme, and as we just previously colored or uh, covered, I don't root for them uh, for the more local teams that wear purple and gold. Uh, and then my other school, to tie the whole FCS into FBS comment, because I love Appalachian State, <laughs> and they are now my favorite FBS team, I obviously have to root for ETSU, the East Tennessee State University Buccaneers, even though that makes zero sense at all, because um, they don't uh, uh, Appalachian State's in Boone, North Carolina, and I'm rooting for a team in Tennessee. But for whatever reason, I just kind of think of them as like, very similar and so i really like etsu good pick um now bringing in to closing the bar make sure we already talked about it but reminder to people to join the fcs fans nation page on facebook um also follow them on twitter that's how you get to learn about the pick'em challenge and can you know enroll in the pick'em challenge because you still have time uh to make your picks before the games on saturday uh, and get involved in our competition. I mean, your odds are pretty high. Like right now, it's one in three. You have a 33% chance of winning a bunch of tub tokens, so you might as well just bleep and do it. But uh, also, you know, there's tons of good back and forth between FCS fans. It's a great way to learn about all the other teams in the FCS, so you can be like us and have three teams that you might also root for that maybe aren't in the big sky like Brian, so it's a little bit easier to root for them all year. But also, maybe most importantly, up to you, Follow at Big Sky Podcasts on Twitter and make sure you follow all of BSPN's uh, developments. That will be the podcast coming out on Wednesday. Brian Marceau is doing this really awesome power rankings piece that should be out by the time this podcast goes. But Mondays or Tuesdays every single day uh, or every week after that. And then obviously our little gambling piece that you guys will see tomorrow. Um, So Big Sky coverage all week long. What more do you want? To follow it, make sure you follow at Big Sky Podcasts. Anything website-related, you can find right on www.tubsattheclub.com. Um, and also, you can find the Big Sky, Bigger Takes podcast on right here in your Tubs of the Club feed. We're not going anywhere. We'll just be the day after them. They'll all be released on Wednesdays. We'll be here Thursdays, as always. So make sure you give them a listen, follow, give us any suggestions on that. Uh, with that, everybody, what, what you got going on in your life really quick, tell the people what's up or anything you think I missed that you want to spend a little minute informing everybody about. Yeah, uh, watch the game. Learn the players, you know, get excited, listen to the pod, get excited for Vandal football. It's it's back. And, you know, last year was a little rough. It, we're A lot of us were down for it, but they'll show up. They can feel the energy. They can feel the vibe from all the fans around the area, and that helps a lot. And we need a lot of support, and I think that'll help a lot. But just start out watching this week, and let's take it week by week, and let's go Vandies. We'll get it done. Brian? 
Yeah, so in addition to contributing here, I also edit the Montana Mint's uh, sports newsletter. And I highly encourage everyone to go to montana-mint.com, sign up for their newsletter. Uh, what it is, is essentially the, it's going to be like the Axios of the big sky, which is we, we have links to all the content um, that is made within the Big Sky Podcast Network, but we also link to interesting stories from other writers and other, uh, you know, content creators. You know, what we're doing through Big Sky Podcasts and, you know, what I'm also doing through the Montana Mint and here, you know, we're trying to, to me, we're trying to give an ESPN feel um, to the Big Sky and to, mm-hmm. I, for us, Idaho mm-hmm. specifically. Um, and some content that hadn't been available in the past, it's going to be there regularly for you guys. So if you follow us on Twitter, sign up for the newsletter. If you give us retweets, if you tell us what you like, what you don't like, all of that's helpful for us in trying to make this something that's regular um, so that we can, you know, so, so as Vandal fans, we can see that there's other entities taking us ser- as seriously as we take ourselves. Everything TJ said doubled. Everything Brian said tripled. Uh, you can find me, obviously, I already said on Twitter and everything like that. Uh, what I'm going to plug real quick and what I have going on in my life, um, guys, be excited. We have an kick-ass president in the office right now, and he just hired a absolute baller at athletic director in Terry Golick. It is time. If you are absolutely sick and tired, as I know all of you are, I read all vandals. I hear you all on Twitter. We hear it in our podcast rankings on why we're covering a team like the University of Idaho. This is the time to rally and start donating to the VSF. If you want changes, we have the people that can make these changes in office. It might not be popular, but a lot of the things we blame on why we are where we are, Rob Spear is gone. Our revolving door at president appears to be gone. We have alumni in there who cares. If you're a basketball fan, some of you think that Don Verling was a problem. Well, guess what? He's gone. Now open up your wallet so that that doesn't happen again because you can't – it's like voting in the election. You can't complain about a president if you don't vote. You can't complain about what's happening at the University of University of Idaho's athletic department if you're not giving money and voicing your concerns over more than just Twitter and a message board. So open up your wallets. There's no time better than now. I know I doubled my VSF contributions this year. I hope that you guys all do too because it is time to reclaim this lost decade and get this University of Idaho team rolling again. With that, thank you everybody for listening. You can message me if you have anything you need to know about the VSF. Tune in to our are you just tuned into our week one secret guide on how to beat penn state on august 29th we will see you guys next thursday for how we beat penn state and we were all completely wrong and have egg in our face and we eat crow as we also preview the top ranked central washington um, team that will be coming into the kibbe dome for the home opener but with that it is time for the best band in all the land i can hear martin starting up the band now the sound of idaho to play us out Go Vandal, football, baby. Go Vandal.